Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Brandon Pierce. And before we get to Brandon, I want to make a few announcements. One is our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. If you go there, you see photos of our guests. You can see a little bit of their bios. You can see links to their social media as well as our social media. And by social media, let's talk about it. Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. Want more followers on there, folks? Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. If you can follow me there, I would appreciate it. Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. Ditto with the uh, begging for likes and follows on Twitter. That's Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. Our Facebook page, we're Travel Tales Podcast on Facebook. I'm also posting more on YouTube. So if you can follow me at Travel Tales Podcast, give us a follow on our YouTube channel. I would appreciate that as well. And I'm trying to put more and more content than ever on there. So go there, check it out. Give us a follow. Even if you don't even watch anymore, subscribe. And that brings the numbers up and gives me a little bit more respectability. There are links to iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And if you're on iTunes, I ask as always, please give us a good rating because that boosts our presence and helps people find the show. And if you want to write me, I'm at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Well, after three weeks on the high seas in the Caribbean, entertaining the old folks on Holland America Cruise Lines, I am back in Los Angeles, ready to get busy, uh, working on my home situation. I have been staying with a a friend of mine who has been more than generous uh, to allow me to live in his house while I travel the world, and it's been very stress-free, and he's been very patient and still tells me I can stay as long as I want, but it's time for me to move on. So I am looking at apartments now and maybe going to a different side of town, but it's kind of depressing. I got to say, if you haven't looked at apartments for 16, 17 years like I have, and boy, what they're charging for uh, just crap out there, woof, it's rough. So still looking, and uh, I'm going to take the next month or so and try to get my home life straightened out, and then I'm going to be on the ships again from April 8th to May 12th, it's looking like. So yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot more ships, but this not just the Caribbean on this next one. I'll be down in Mexico, and then go up to Vancouver, then over to Hawaii, then back to Central America, which uh, I think Costa Rica briefly, and then up to Guatemala, then up back up to Mexico, where I'll have about five days off in between ships, and I'm going to try to make that trip to Mexico City. Instead of coming back here for just four or five days to L.A., I'm going to spend it in Mexico City, finally. So anybody has uh, Mexico City recommendations, uh, I've talked to uh, a few of my friends and some former guests about recommendations in Mexico City. But if you got any, whether it's hotels, restaurants, things to do, let me know. TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com because I can't wait to go. Real looking forward to it. Then it's back on the ships, back up to Vancouver, 
or Seattle, I think, and then back down to L.A. Oof, it's going to be a long stretch. So I'm uh, recording some uh, episodes while I can, as many as I can while I'm in town, including the episode you're about to hear. I was contacted by Brandon Pierce, or Brandon Pierce's people, as it were. So Brandon Pierce has an interesting life. He and his wife, when they got married and decided they were going to have a family, didn't do what most people do, which is decide to finally just settle down in one place and raise kids. Nope, they were going to raise their kids around the world, which is a pretty bold thing to do. But there's not one way to live a life, and there's certainly not one way to raise a family. And they decided they were going to do it around the world. So they did that, and now they have three daughters. They are currently in Mexico. They've lived in Asia. They've lived throughout Central America. And to me, it's just an, an incredibly lucky way that these girls are growing up. So Brandon has his own website at Brandon Pierce, P-E-A-R-C-E dot com, which he shares what he's doing, and he has a newsletter, and he really promotes others and other families to do what he's done, and he and his wife have done, which is raise kids internationally, to not be afraid of it, to live abroad, and uh, share what he's learned. So it was really interesting to talk to him, and I'm glad I got a chance to meet him. And we did a Skype call, and this is the first interview I did in a few and a half weeks since I've gotten back. And usually, uh, I thought I got a pretty good handle on this uh, Skype call stuff. And to his credit, I always tell people before I interview them that if we're going to do a Skype call to really, if, if they can, have a good microphone on their end because it just sounds so much better than talking into your computer or on the phone or something. So uh, Brandon sounded great. He had a great microphone, and I said, this is going to sound great when I hear it because I'm talking into my microphone, the one I'm using right now, and this is going to be like he's in the room. And then uh, I hung up with him, and I heard it back, and I, of course, forgot to put the input uh, to the microphone, and it just picked up uh, the external computer mic on my iMac like a moron. I've done it before years ago, and that's one of those things that you do once, and then you uh, double-check it every time, except I didn't this time. So Brandon actually sounds better than I do, which was a mistake. So I'm just uh, clearing that up. If we sound different, it's because he's talking to a good mic. I'm talking into the little computer mic and not even knowing it because I'm an idiot. Anyway, I did what I could with the levels, and uh, hopefully it sounds fine on your end. And again, I shouldn't be saying this. Everybody says, why do you even bother saying it? It sounds fine. I know, but I'm saying it anyway. It's just the paranoid guy I am. So I want to thank Brandon for talking to me, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Here he is live from Mexico, Brandon Pierce. me from Mexico. Now tell me where San Miguel de let me de Allende. Is my accent horrible? Nope, that's that's perfect. And where are you calling from, by the way? I'm in Los Angeles. Okay, cool. Yeah, San Miguel de Allende is in central Mexico. So it's about three and a half hour drive north of Mexico City. It is a small uh, cultural mountain town. Well, I guess would, maybe it's a small city now, probably 120, 130,000 people. Um, it is a really unique place, I think, because it 
it, it's not like a lot of places you go in the world where you, you just feel like an outsider all the time and you feel like you're constantly being hounded to buy things you don't want and stuff like that. I feel like here, um, because expats have been living here for decades, you know, since like the 1950s and building up arts communities and integrating with the culture and intermarrying and everything, uh, you kind of feel as an expat here like one of the locals. So, uh, you know, you, you go to a restaurant and you see the Mexicans and the gringos interacting and it, 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 it it's a good feeling. Uh, and there's a lot of opportunity here for the kids and the classes and, and just fantastic community. And then, of course, beautiful, colorful Mexican central mountain town type architecture and food and everything. Well, now that you brought up the kids, how old are they now and how many? You have three? Yeah, we have three daughters. Uh, they're currently ages 14, 12, and 6. Wow. Um, when we started traveling, uh, they were five and three. We only had the first two. So the, the third daughter was actually <coughs> born in Costa Rica. <laughs> it's a lot of girls in the house, man. A lot of girls. It is. It is a lot of girls. It keeps it fun. <laughs> Do you ever get to use the bathroom? Do you ever get in there? Actually, you know what? Right now, I've got – it's funny. I have an office on the roof of our house, and right inside my office, oddly enough, is a toilet. Hey. So I don't even have to leave to use the restroom. <laughs> Dad's toilet. <laughs> That's right. So why – what is it about that town, San Miguel de Allende, that, that drew expats in the first place? What was it? Was it uh, the climate? Was it just – one guy built a community and everybody followed him? What happened? I, I need to research more about the history of it, but obviously the climate is, is fantastic here. It's, it's I guess, the closest it, – it's, it's a desert climate, like a high desert yeah. climate. So I think it's uh, – I don't know. If, uh, I, I'm thinking in meters. I think it's like no. – I'm not even going to say how high it is. You can look it up. But uh, it, it, right now, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's in the low 70s Fahrenheit. Yeah, and California nighttime. weather. Yeah, it's like California weather, Southern California weather, like right. San Diego, but maybe a little warmer actually. Um, that doesn't sound so bad. No, it's it's really nice. Uh, the only time that it's a little cool for me is December and January when it gets to like at the high in the day. It's like high, like low 60s or mid 60s. Mm-hmm. And that's the coldest it, it really gets yeah, in how, the daytime. How far are you from the water? Um, Several hours, like five, six hour drive probably. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to I'm planning in April to take my first trip to Mexico City. I've been on oh, the coasts, wow. but I've never been to Mexico City because I'm working on some cruise ships and I have about a five-day window. And I want to go from um, – they're letting me off in Oaxaca, in Huatulco, uh-huh. and I'm going to uh, go up to Mexico City for like five days and then go to Puerto Vallarta. And pick wow, up fantastic. Ship. So I've heard great things about Mexico City. Have you spent much time there? Uh, we spent uh, maybe a week or two there. Uh, usually when we're about to catch a flight somewhere, right, <laughs> we'll right. schedule a few days and enjoy it a little. So you're someone who, yeah, it's a great city. You've taken your family all around the world, right? And mostly, or is it mostly North and Central or South and Central America? No, we've been to uh, 36 different countries so far uh, in the past nine years. And it's mostly, yeah, it's been Central and South America is where we started. Uh, then a lot of Southeast Asia, East Asia, and Western Europe. We haven't yet been to Eastern Europe, but lots of new adventures coming up still. Wow. Give me the uh, genesis of how you started your website and what made you, as opposed to most people when they have kids, to not settle down, but to just keep traveling. Well, we actually had settled down. Uh, You know, we, we were... Let's see, it was back in 2008 or 9 or so when we were just kind of feeling stagnant in our, in our lives. I mean, I had a, a decent job as a programmer. Actually, I had just quit my job to build a, 
a business that I was working on. Um, it was a, a web app for music teachers to help them keep track of the business side of teaching. But it just felt like I, I looked ahead to our future and to you know, what things would look like in 10, 20, 30 years. And I just saw more of the same, you know, we'd maybe have a bigger house, a nicer car, but we'd be doing the same things, hanging out with the same people, uh, living in the same place. And it just didn't excite us at all. So we thought, well, what, what can we do? I mean, uh, my business was getting to the point where we realized, uh, you know, we could probably take it on the road if we, if we got it to a certain point and run it from anywhere. And so we decided to do that. We, we first tested the waters. We took a six-week trip to Panama just to kind of see what it would be like to be together 24-7 for that long of a period and see if it's something we wanted to do. And it just felt amazing. It was so bonding as a family, and we learned more about ourselves, about you know another culture, another language. Uh, and we're just like, we have to continue this. We have to figure out how to make this permanent. So we spent the next year... Uh, working on the business. We sold our house, sold everything. And then, then we moved to Costa Rica beginning in 2010. Where, and that's where it all began. Where were you living and what uh, business were you in? Um, we were living in Salt Lake City, Utah. <coughs> and I was a computer programmer and, so, and also a music teacher. So I created this website to help me with the billing and scheduling of my own students uh, when I was teaching piano. And thought, well, at some point, maybe some other teachers will want to use this too. So I put it out there as a subscription service. And it took years to get off the ground. Like I started at like 2003, 2004. But over time, it eventually grew to the point where I could quit my job. And then, yeah, it now funds our travels all around the world. Wow. Okay, so now you have a teenager. Yes. And uh, in some ways, you know, when they're, I think when the kids are little, they don't really, everything's a big adventure to them. But does it get harder when they get older and they want to have friends and go to a regular school or do they not miss that or do they not know any better? Oh, these are <laughs> such good questions. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're, it's a struggle sometimes. So you're totally right. When the kids were young, when they were three and five or even up to like eight or nine, they just went along with anything yeah. and they were happy. Everything's a playground. Everything's a playground, yeah. And in fact, the newer, the newer and exciting... Being in different places just just enhanced the whole experience for them. But yeah, as they've gotten older, they, they've started making friends and they make connections in the places we go. And the hardest part really is keeping in touch with them, especially when you know we're in a place for three months or six months or something or, or a year and they really bond well. And then we decide to leave and go somewhere else. So fortunately, we live in the day of the internet now. So they do keep in touch through uh, through video chat and, and other mm -hmm. types of chat and even online games. They, they're playing with their friends all around the world oh, now. Yeah. But, you know, that is a challenge. Um, as, as far as school, uh, we're, we're doing more of an interest-led learning approach. So the kids have, I mean, they've, they've gone to a few different schools in, in different places, a democratic school in, in Victoria, Canada. They went to a, a little school in Bali for a while, a couple different ones. But for the most part, they, we, they don't do typical school, like what you normally think of as school or even homeschool. It's just whatever passions they have that they want to explore, we give support and facilitation for that. For example, my oldest, um, she's 14. She's actually already employed doing video editing part-time. Uh, she loves animation and art and, she and songwriting and singing. And so she recently wrote a song. Well, she's written several songs. They're up on iTunes. But she finished an animation. It took her an entire year 
to finish this animation, 5,000 frames that she hand drew wow. uh, as a music video to the song she wrote about uh, appreciating life's struggles. It's beautiful uh, animation. Um, so like, I'm, it's so fun to just kind of see her thrive in, in these ways and, um, and, all, and all our kids, really, to be able to just pursue the things they're interested in. Now, she, she is interested, however, in trying out a school. Uh, a more traditional type school. So we're considering uh, doing that when we come back to Mexico this September. So we'll see how that goes. But wow. yeah, for the most part, they have, I don't think they've really missed out on anything educationally. It's more uh, socially, it's been tricky. And, uh, but I mean, they've, they've made great friends and they love it. When, and sometimes we actually plan our travels around the friends that they have. So we say, hey, let's meet up here and go exploring together for, for a few weeks or a few months. Is it still the computer industry you're in, or has, has you, have you been able to turn this blog and, the, and your lifestyle into your new career? Is that what you're supporting the family on now? No, the family is still supported through the music teacher business uh, oh. and also through a bit of real estate. I've invested in a few different properties around the world. We have a, a place in Bali and a place here in Mexico, a uh, place back in Utah, actually. Um, so those are bringing in a little bit of income as for, you know, the, and the blog, it's never been intended to be like a, a moneymaker. I've never tried to monetize the blog, but I have, um, started several new projects like they're, they're passion projects really. Cause I mean, the business is, it's a four hour work week business for me. I, mean, I literally work less than four hours per week, uh, running this business, which I feel really, uh, you know, blessed to be able to do. There's a lot of people uh, hating taking you right a long now. time. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it, a lot of people think it's a myth, though. You know, they say, "Oh, four-hour work week, you can't do that." Did you read that, that book, that four-hour work week book? I did. I read it. I read it a couple years after I'd made the business. Uh-huh. Um, I still haven't read it. I, I heard it's good. It's amazing. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it, there, there's a lot of like really extreme stuff in there, but I think a lot of the principles are really good for not just working four hours a week, but for just optimizing like your time, time management. and yeah, and just just making sure you're living life fully. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it was a good book. And so, yeah, I, I'm not really making much money from, from other projects uh, a little bit, but it's where I want to put my time right now because I really feel passionate about the, the effects that travel can have on individuals and on families, uh, as far as learning, personal growth, bonding, and, and just globally kind of feeling more like a global citizen, understanding, you know, people in the world better. So it's been, uh, been a joy. Well, around Central America and Mexico and places like this, are, have you been that family in the camper van or are you using mass transit? What's your normal mode to move this tribe around? Mostly what we do is we rent houses uh, or apartments on Airbnb or other vacation rental sites or so the furnished rentals. Yeah. Um, we've, we're, we're all kind of introverted a bit. So, um, we've, we've spent a few days in a camper van here and there, but it always feels a little bit cramped to us. So we like having, having our own space, uh, so we can each kind of retire to our separate rooms and work on our projects <laughs> and then come together when we're ready to come together. So, um, but yeah, and then we typically fly or if we're traveling around a certain country or a certain region, often we'll drive. So give me one country where you and the kids we're really sorry to leave, and another country that you were kind of happy to leave. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You know, I think the answer to that question really depends a lot more on our mood at the time, you know, than than the country itself. Yeah. Um, so, uh, for example, there was a time when we were doing a road trip through Spain and France, two and a half months. 
spending two or three nights here, two or three nights there. And by the end, we were so burned out and drained. Yeah. We, we had an amazing time and we met some incredible people and were the recipients of, of so much uh, kindness. But we were just ready to just do nothing for months. Like yeah. we just wanted to sit in one place and do nothing. This is so, what I'm finding. I find that too. I, you know, I, I was gone for a month or about seven weeks and then I was gone for three months. And what I found is I didn't, it wasn't the being away that was bad. It was the constant moving every three, four days. That yeah. wears you out. That, that's what tires you out. If I went somewhere and like you're doing and you know, got a place for three months and stayed still and then may take small trips from that one place just to have a base, you know, but it's the constant picking up and moving and constantly making plans of where to go and where to stay and all this other stuff. That's what works yeah. on you, I think. I totally agree. Yeah, it, it's almost like a, a part-time job to just handle the, the logistics of travel, yes. especially when you've got a family. Oh my so gosh, I can't imagine. It's, yeah, so staying longer term is, and, and so it's cheaper to stay a longer term, you know, on, on a daily basis, uh, and you can get more into the culture, into the community, and even contribute to the community. So I, I really enjoy staying places longer term when we can. Now there are some places where I wouldn't necessarily want to stay long term. There's not really a, mm-hmm. um, a, a, a good enough community there for our kids to have some things that they'd like. I'm okay with visiting places on vacation every once in a while, but. Um, yeah, typically we like to do longer-term places. Was there some place that they, you had to drag the kids away kicking and screaming because they wanted to stay? You know, they really loved Victoria, Canada, actually. Oh, that's beautiful up there. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, they also loved Japan. Um, oh, yeah? We were only there only there for about five weeks, but it, we all love Japan. It's, it's, it's one of those places where there isn't much of an active homeschooling community and such, and you do feel like an outsider, but you feel so safe there, and it's... We yeah. just love the culture, love the food, love the people. And it's space age, and they got the best video games, and the kids love it. <laughs> right, and the anime and everything, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, the ninjas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so you're traveling around, the kids are getting older. Have the kids uh, pick up these languages in all the different places? Um, when we're staying places longer, they tend to pick up more. So um, our oldest speak Spanish pretty well. Mm-hmm. Our younger two can understand a bit of it, but they're not so interested in, in learning it. Um, um, I also speak Japanese and we picked up a little bit of Indonesian, uh, in Bali. We were the, in Bali as a home base. And I love that you use the word home base cause that's kind of how yeah. we like to do it. We were in Bali as a home base for like four years, but traveled to like a dozen countries from there. Um, which was great. So, um, I, I mean in, in Bali there are, it's, it's a really heavily touristed area. So there's a lot of people who speak English. So we didn't really need to, to learn Indonesian, but we ended up, as I mentioned, um, uh, getting a house there and we ended up renovating it. We kind of gutted it and turned it into this luxury vacation rental. So I had to learn a bit of Indonesian in order to, to manage that. Is it in Ubud? It's in Ubud, yes. I've been there next to the monkey sanctuary and all that. A lot of yeah. white ladies in uh, with yoga mats walking around in yoga pants. <laughs> yes, it's a very, very yoga slash hippie <laughs> slash new age kind of vibe there as well as a, a big entrepreneurial hub as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know they hated Eat, Pray, Love. The locals hated that book. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yes. So and it, it, did you get it's a continued to get more commercialized. Sorry, what did you say? Did you get a backlash from some locals about uh, here's another outsider coming in and maybe, you know, buying up property and that kind of stuff? Or were they kind of like happy to take the investment in their country? 
Well, it's interesting. I, I, there are, of course, people with, with all views. Uh, the way that we did it, we ended up, because you can't actually buy property as a foreigner in Indonesia. You have to do a long-term lease. And we were just rent, we decided to just lease a place for three years because we wanted to slow down a little, have yeah. a place to store some things. But it was kind of in bad shape and uh, needed some repairs. So we thought, well, we'll just fix a few things. And then we met uh, an interior designer and an architect from Belgium, uh, a couple, and got grand ideas and then just kind of went all out with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, it was it was crazy experience, you know, lots of different uh, miscommunications and, and problems and everything. But it turned out gorgeous. And now, so we, we end, I'll just give you the numbers. We, we initially were renting it for $5,000 a year. This is a three-bedroom house with a pool uh, and a beautiful view of the jungle. Wow. Uh, it, was actually, it was actually two separate houses, um, but they were right next to each other. Um, it, and again, it wasn't in the best shape. It was also unfurnished. But after we were done, and I think we invested like $200,000, $250,000 into it um, and extended our lease another like 10, 15 years, uh, we're now renting it out on Airbnb for like $5,000 a night. A so night? it's become – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A month. Oh, holy <laughs> cow. Me. Yeah, you had me – I was like, man, I got to see photos of this place. Uh, glad you caught me on that one. Ooh. Yeah, five thousand dollars a month, and uh, that's still a lot of money, it, though. That's good. It for is. You. It, it's it's been really good for us, and of course, we have you know staff there and everything, and and there are expenses with it. But the fascinating thing is that the landlord, I mean, he was so happy to have us there because first of all, uh, his wife was our housekeeper, so now she has employment for as long as she wants. Right. Uh, his his cousin is our driver. Uh, so he's employed. And then also the money that we gave to the landlord to pay for the house 17 years up front or to pay for the land, I should say, he is now used and he has built his own villa oh, wow. <laughs> on another plot of land. So he's becoming an Airbnb host himself and uh, increasing his standard of living a bit. So, so do they um, manage the Airbnb for you? I mean, do you have somebody or are you trying to do this remotely? I always wonder about that because, you know, when you're trying to do an Airbnb, but you're in a different country, you really got to have someone you can trust to pass the keys off, pick people up, you know. Absolutely, clean. yeah. In Bali, we have the landlord himself, he, he, you know, is kind of responsible managing it, but we have a full-time cook, housekeeper, and driver who are also there. And we just communicate through Facebook. Uh, and I also have a, a personal assistant now who helps with, with some of the, the guest communication. Do you so, go back and uh, stay there every once in a while? We do. We're going to go back in April. That sounds nice. 5,000, yeah. I got to imagine it's mostly families that use it? Um, families and groups. Yeah. Okay. I mean, co- occasionally we'll have, we'll have a couple or a single. It's four bedrooms and an office and it uh, has like a yoga dance room and it has, uh, uh, like a staff area as well. So it, it's, it's, it's good. It, we, we, we combined the two houses together into one big one. So it kind of became a little larger. You got a compound. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the compound. Is it, um, how far outside of town? Is it a, a quick walk it's into like town? A, or is it- no, it's like a six, seven minute drive. What's the name of that place that cooks that amazing pork in Ubud? There's like a oh, famous place by the uh, temple. Babi Guling is the name of the or is the name of the pork, but <laughs> I can't, I'm spacing on the name of it. Uh, I mean, there are a few places that do, a few places that have it, but yeah. Um, Ooh, that was good stuff. Yeah, it's good. Um, okay, so Bali, you got a place in Mexico, and what's the plan now? To stay in Mexico? Or uh, move on in a few Actually, months. no. Like right now, my life is consumed with these really exciting projects. So uh, in April, we're going to leave. We're going to go to Bali. Uh, we'll just be staying there a month. Um, and then we'll be in Europe. We're going to hike the Camino de Santiago with oh, our yeah. kids. I had a friend yeah, who did the, that. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, we'll just be doing the last like two weeks. So not not the whole thing. Um, but we're ho- hoping it will be uh, we'll be able to handle it. <laughs> and then, then we're going to explore a few countries. We'll probably visit Portugal, um, uh, Budapest. And then we're running, as I mentioned, a retreat in, in Transylvania, Romania. Uh, and this is a retreat for families interested in this type of long-term travel journey, but also really about how to connect better as families and really craft the vision for what you what you want your life to look like. We'll talk about that and where people can find uh, info on that. Is there a website? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's, you can go to at home in the world retreat dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is we're only doing it with ten families. We're only inviting ten families in because we want to make sure it's small enough we can facilitate well. And we're doing it with another family as well who actually have Transylvanian roots. So uh, we'll be able to to really get into the the local culture a bit more and understand it at, at a different level. Um, and it'll inc- it's three it's a three week retreat. So we have time to really go deep with uh, with each of our families and the things that are important to us, as well as going exploring all these cool excursions and uh, and enjoying time together as families. So uh, I'm I'm really excited for for what it's going to be and and the transformation that I believe will be part of it for everyone who comes, including our family. Are you looking to mostly um, to teach people or to learn stuff yourself? I mean, what are you hoping to get out of it? For me personally, yeah, I, 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 I'm looking to, forward to teaching people. I have, you know, some, we've been doing this for nine years and there are a lot of families who have, have questions around that, but I think every family who comes uh, will have something uh, valuable to offer. And I know I'm going to learn a lot from the experiences and even just, just taking the time to tune in again to what we want as a family and and what we want moving forward and and I mean the logistical stuff we have pretty much figured out at this point but um, mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm excited I'm excited for the connections as well that we'll make with these with these families so well as an American what do you find is the biggest misconception other Americans have about your lifestyle do they think that you must be Oh, you must be independently wealthy, or you must be something, or or, or I don't know. Do they find it bizarre? Because I, I, you know, I'm envious. I don't have a family of my own, but if I did, you know, that yeah, as a traveler, I like to know, I like to see that it can be done. You know, there's a million different ways to raise kids, and there's not one. Absolutely. Way. I mean, do you find people's mentalities mostly locked into that one traditional way of? living. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, there are a lot of people we've met who love to travel, but as soon as, but they never thought it was possible to do it with a family. They're like, well, once you have kids, you got to settle down. Right. And then there's school with like, how do you handle school? And what about, you know, then of course there is the financial issue. Um, uh, how do you pay for it? And yeah, people think we must be super rich or something. Uh, and you know, it's just, there are a lot of misconceptions out there and I can talk about this more later if you want, but uh, every year we run uh, a conference, a summit called the family adventure summit. Uh, for families interested in long-term travel, location independence, alternative education, entrepreneurship, community, relationships, all of these things. This year we're doing it actually here in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. We're expecting around 400 people. And what I have seen from you know the, the thousands of families that I have met on the road and that are out there traveling right now is, you know, I mean, there are families who are traveling at every budget level. We've we've done surveys at Family Adventure Summit and found that some families are traveling on under a thousand dollars a month for their entire family. Wow. Um, we've met others who who are traveling with over ten thousand dollars. I mean, it's you have and everyone in between. And of course, the the quality and the style and the the the, the way that you travel is different. You know, the families who are traveling on less will do more house sitting and and 
They'll do, uh, you know, different types of excursions. They'll stay much longer in a place. Um, so it, it, it's not necessarily, I, I think families who are in the States, I think the biggest misconception is they have is, and the thing I always hear is, well, I wish I could do that. But with the, the variance of not just finances, finances, but family situations is that, uh, you know, if you want to, you can, you know, there's a way that it's never been easier. There's never been more resources. Uh, it's, it's never been an easier time to get out there and, and experience the world with your family. And I think, I think a lot of families hold themselves back unnecessarily. Um, and I think there's a lot to hold people back, you know, and, and there's a lot of good reasons to stay in a place too. And if that's what you want to do, but uh, I think culturally there's, there's still so many people who haven't, don't even know that this is possible, you know, that you can, that you can live nomadically like this. I mean, so it's easier than ever. There's more, um, people technology working online really now. Yeah. Technology, right. It's, it's because of technology. Uh, more and more jobs all the time are happening online. And, and as far as work, Another thing that we found through our surveys is uh, the majority, actually, the majority, the n- number one method that people pay for their travels is just working at a regular job, but they do it on the Internet. Right. And then they, they decide to take that with them anywhere. You know, there are people, of course, who start businesses, people who run real estate, people who just live off of savings and then, you know, travel for a, for a year and then they go back to work again and then they go out traveling again. There's a whole bunch of different ways you can make it work. Yeah, I mean, I, we've talked to many different ones on this show about uh, working remotely and and digital nomads or whatever they you know, however the term is this year. But speaking of family, how did your parents and your wife's parents and everybody else react when you said you were going to live this way? Did did were they supportive or they don't take our grandkids away? <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of both. So. Um, <laughs> And I, and there's, especially from like my grandparents who are still alive, um, you know, there, there's always this expectation, oh, you'll come back someday, you know, they're wa- wanting us to come back. Right. Um, and, and of course, even, even my parents are, but one thing that we found, uh, there, there was resistance at first a little bit, but also support. They were excited for us, but also, yeah, resistant. But over the years, as we've done this so long, uh, they've realized that we are able to thrive in, in this lifestyle and they're supporting us. And also, I feel like, and I think they, they would say the same, our relationship is stronger now than it was when we were living, you know, 10 minutes apart from each other, where we just see each other, you know, once a month for a casual dinner and, and whatever. But now when we see each other, it's because like last year, um, my parents came to visit us in Bali and they stayed for 10 days and we were together all day, every day, experiencing these new things and having long, deep conversations. Uh, so I feel like we were able to connect with our extended family more because we're traveling and, be, and because they're willing to visit us. And, and we visit them, too, as well. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting dynamic. Have you talked to your grandparents, uh, Skype and FaceTime yet? Have they figured that out? <laughs> yes, they do. They do Skype and FaceTime and Snapchat <laughs> even, if you believe that. Wow. <laughs> Good for them. Good yeah. for them. So about this summit, say again, how many people you're expecting and, and can people still sign up for it if they want to go? Yeah, we're expecting around 400. Uh, 280 people have already registered. Right now it's uh, it's February. So uh, And our early bird special ends the end of March. So uh, it, we're expecting to sell out not in not the not-too-distant future. Well, talk about Mexico. Uh, as Americans, we hear a lot about Mexico and I have found over the years that uh, people have a lot of misconceptions about Mexico. And did you say you you bought property there or you didn't? We actually did. Yeah, okay. We bought property so here. buying as a foreigner, I know that has 
some limitations on it. I think like Bali, right? You don't really own the land or? Actually, in Mexico as a foreigner and in most of Central and South America, or maybe even all of it, uh, foreigners can buy property and own it 100%. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of like beachfront stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. There are restrictions on the beach. I don't think anyone can. 100 meters from the beach or something, you have to have like a local Mexican to be as your front man or something like that. Yeah, there are some, I know, I know some countries who have restrictions like that. I'm not sure what they are. So um, what is, you think, Americans' biggest misconception with Mexico? I, I think it is. They think it's far more dangerous than it really is. Yeah, it's interesting. It took us a long time to get to Mexico. I mean, we were all around Costa Rica and Panama and Guatemala and all these places. Lots Bef- of expats down there. It's true, yeah. Um, but it wasn't until 2015 uh, that we first went to Mexico, just because we were in Canada and we needed a visa run to a warm place in the winter, a huh. uh, place we hadn't been yet. And <laughs> we thought, why not Mexico? And we just fell in love with it. Yeah, I mean, there is this huge misconception, I think, that it's dangerous down here. And I'm sure there are parts that are. But um, it's massive. I mean, it's a big <laughs> it's place. Ma- it's huge. It's <laughs> absolutely huge. And, you know, if you're living in a town like San Miguel de Allende, where it's just a it's a small city and people are friendly and they say hola to you on the streets and uh, it, it just it does not feel dangerous here. And it's it's really it's not. I mean, there, of course, if, if you hang out with the wrong crowd and get into the wrong circles or go to the wrong places in the wrong time of day, just sure. like in any city, you can have trouble. Right. Use common any sense. city in the world. Yeah, use common sense, but it's it's a very friendly city. Okay, tell me the things you miss about America and the things that you don't. The thing that I miss about America most is Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough. <laughs> um, they have Amazon here in Mexico, and I do order from it occasionally, but the selection is much more limited, and the prices tend to be higher. Uh, it's it's harder to get stuff. America is the king of consumerism. So, if, yes. you know, that, it's, if you want to buy something, America is a great place for it. They make it easy uh, for you to consume. They really do. They really do. <laughs> and um, what don't you miss? Is it that um, same consumerism you don't miss? <laughs> you know, that's really funny because uh, that that is actually one of the reasons that we that we wanted to leave because it just felt like that's that's everyone's focus. Um and it was our focus, you know, but we didn't want it to be our focus. So, yeah, there is that. That's that's one thing I don't miss. Um, I guess another thing I don't miss is maybe just the mm, – what's the word? Blandness, I, I guess. Um, the lack of, lack of culture. I mean, there's culture, but it's, you know <laughs> – um, in, in different cities, we'll have different vibes, and there are different parts of, of the states that are interesting. I love the beautiful nature in a lot of a lot of the states, but yeah, I guess it's uh, it, it's not it doesn't have the same feel. I do uh, get that. Yeah. Well, I've also you know when when um, people from other countries ask me about America, I you know I've I've been through nearly every state, and I've been all across it, and I agree that eventually a lot of it starts to look alike after a while, and especially in the cities that were built, you know, they expanded around the same time. They grew mm-hmm. these suburbs that all look exactly the same, no matter where you're yes. at. Uh, there's the Walmart next to the Taco Bell, next to the Starbucks, next to the thing. Yep. And uh, you could be, if I knocked you out and woke you up in downtown Denver or Kansas City or Phoenix, you wouldn't know where you were. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, it it right. all looks the same. And now there's a handful yeah. of, of places that are very unique. And yep. God bless them, but I could, you know, there's about under 10 of them that I recommend 
to foreigners to see that to get some differences. Right. I mean, I mean there's... you got to go to New York and and Boston and Chicago and of course New Orleans in the South, which is different. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a um, unique place. San Francisco, and then after that, it you know, and Vegas is what it is. People sure. I try to talk them <laughs> out of it, but they all want to see it. Right. Um, but it is unique in itself. Yes. But after that, it, it's oof. other than natural settings, the cities really they they do tend to run together after a while. Yeah, that's, I mean it's that's a it's, it's a convenient a place to live, but yeah, just the the cooler lifestyle and the expectations that are there too. Of uh, you know, you're supposed to go to school and get a job and get married and do all the, the same things. Yeah, it's a it's a script that is so ingrained into into the culture that it's hard for some people to see out of. And I mean, here in Mexico, I mean, our, the street that we're on is so colorful. There's pink houses and orange houses and red houses and uh, yellow houses. <laughs> it's right. and the cobblestone streets and it just, and it, there's so much color and life and variety here that it just enlivens the senses. So uh, now being in Mexico as an American, um, with this uh, latest administration, have people <laughs> approached you about that? And, uh, Talk politics or a big wall. I mean, what's what's the you know, vibe? I, what vibe are you getting down there from the local? Yeah, side? you know, I, I, I haven't. I don't have many conversations about that. It's probably um, for the best. Yeah, but uh, you know, there are signs. We see signs in the windows and stuff that say, you know, el Trumpo es malo. You know, yeah. bad Trump, and yeah. uh, you know, things like that. So there's definitely some anti-Trump and anti-American sentiment to a degree. But I think that exists in America even more. For sure. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. There are better years you could have been down there, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who knows? right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's. Um, do you think this is something you're going to carry uh, on and on for the next, you know, until your oldest is or your youngest is gone, or do you think, you know, do you see that settling down in your future? I mean, does your wife work as well? Um, you know, it's it's hard to say what we'll do. Uh, my wife is a, a certified high performance coach, so she does uh, does that, and she helps me with a lot of these projects with the retreats and the family adventure summit. A high performance um, coach? What yeah. is that exactly? Like um, she goes training? through several. Sorry, like personal training or. No, it's uh, it's more more personal development. So uh, you know, they, she focuses on clarity and productivity and oh, okay. uh, things like that. Yeah, the mental the mental game, but it, it does take into account you know the physiology and, and psychology of, of things as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, as far as what we're gonna do, that's so hard to say. Uh, I know that for the next few years, I'm I'm I, I'm so loving running these these programs and just inspiring more families to get out there and and live life on their own terms. So I think I'll continue doing this for a while. Once my kids grow up, I it's hard to say. I don't know. I I, I tend to be somewhat flexible in that like whatever strikes my fancy and whatever I'm passionate about, I don't tend to really hesitate dropping whatever I'm doing to go after it. So if, if something else interests me more than this, then yeah, I'll, I'll probably switch careers or do something different, but so we'll your, see how it goes. Is your oldest talking now about maybe going to university at some point? Yeah, she's, she's really interested in art school. She's been looking at a few of them that she wants to prepare for. Uh, abro- um, in the U.S. or abroad? Um, she's been looking everywhere, but the, the best ones that she's found, uh, one in New York and one in California are the ones she's looking at the most. Wow. What a life she's had, huh? That's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's, it's cool to see the way that our travels have influenced her too. And a lot of the, 
you know, the songs that she's written and the animations and her art style even is just, it's so, uh, it, you can just see that there are pieces that she's pulling from, from the places we've been and the things that she's learned. So it's, it's cool. And also just to see that she knows, she knows how to learn. She knows how to teach herself and she has a global mindset. So she, she sees more than just, I'm just going to go get a job somewhere. Like she would love to, to maybe be an animator for, um, you know, Studio Ghibli or something like that. That would probably be her dream. Uh, but she would even love to run her own animation studio. She's got kind of an entrepreneurial mind and she uh, has messages that she wants to convey to the world. And she's really into environmentalism and, and trying to, uh, you know, she, she's been really affected by the trash and the garbage we've seen in a lot of places and the, the ways that people haven't been taking care of the planet. And she wants to do something to change that. So it's just, it's cool to see her starting to you know, form a vision for her life. And, and I know that she, she can do it. Whatever she, she dreams up, she'll, she'll make it happen. If she became an oil executive, would, would you be disappointed? Did you be seeing, <laughs> where, where, where have we really, gone wrong? <laughs> I would just be really surprised. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the old Alex P. Keaton of the, uh, of the, of the family. Oh, that'd be funny. Um, well, the, the, well, congratulations on crafting a different life. I always, tell people that, that there's, you know, you can incorporate travel into your life no matter what. And people think it's also, you know, I, I'm sure Americans and, and maybe people from Western Europe look at you and go, well, how can you afford it? But they forget, they compare American prices to what it is overseas. And I tell people it's usually much cheaper everywhere else in the world. It doesn't have to be as expensive as you think it is. And you Absolutely. probably spend more in a weekend in Vegas than you would in, you know, months overseas. Totally. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we, like I said, we know people who travel for under a thousand dollars a month. Uh, the family that we're doing the retreat with, they have two teenagers. Um, so they're a family of four and they travel on under $25,000 a year. Uh, it's just amazing how little it takes. And then they've, they've traveled to 40 countries in the past six years. That's incredible. Uh, so it, it does not co- have to cost a lot to travel. Uh, the other misconception i think fear that a lot of people have around around travel is uh, medical care right because in the states it's so um terrible well, first of all it's, it's so, so expensive yeah, yeah it's so terrible it's so, it's so overpriced and uh yeah. awfully run but i think there's also the expectation that man if you go somewhere else to get medical care it's not going to be good but our experience has been absolutely the opposite um our our middle daughter just got braces uh here in mexico and in the states, I, I know people who they paid five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars or more for braces, uh, plus hundreds of dollars for every follow-up appointment, uh, and that's with insurance. Uh, but we went to just a, a, the local, like down the street, like three-minute walk from our house. Uh, everything's really walkable here. Uh, to a dentist and then, then to an orthodontist, we paid two hundred and fifty dollars for her to get braces. $250? And they, they look, they're fantastic. Uh, wow. And then like twenty-five dollars for every follow-up appointment. Oh my God! Uh, Maybe I'll go down there and get them. Oh, I I love the idea. I mean, after we after we left the states and I realized <laughs> how the medical care was, and we had a baby in Costa Rica and everything, I'm like, why do we even have insurance? We're just throwing money away right. because it's so much cheaper to just pay out of pocket here did in these you, other countries. You don't even need insurance. Did you so, have? Uh, did you keep a American medical insurance for a while, or did you have travel insurance? How did you work? No, we canceled everything the first after the first year. Uh, but then, and, and after, I think two or three years ago, we actually did end up getting a travel insurance plan again. We're with a company called IMG and we only did that. The only reason we did that is because we would be traveling more in the States. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll help cover us if anything happens there. Everywhere else in the world, I don't really think you need insurance. I, I mean, I mean, if if you're if you're earning a U.S. income, you know, oh, if you're earning a local Mexican income, it's probably helpful to have insurance. But if you're a Mexican resident, you get free medical care. So uh, yeah. it kind of it, it's an interesting interesting world we live in. And you still have to pay U.S. taxes, though, right? Or, or I do still have to pay U.S. taxes. That's yeah, right. They'll find you. Yeah. However, you do get uh, a hundred thousand dollar deduction. Uh, for being outside of the states more than 330 days per year. It, so if you so, make less than 100000 but you're gone for 330 days, you don't have to pay? Is that what I'm... Um, it's, it's, a de- it's, a, it's a deduction, so I, I think it could mean that. Um, it's more like it's... It, yeah, you, talk, I, 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 should, I should say I, I can't answer anymore because I'm not an accountant or attorney or whatever. Right. <laughs> so talk, to you, talk to your person. <laughs> but that's basically how it works. Um, is Yeah, you get, you get $100,000 per person off of your – yeah, as a deduction to your, to your tax rate. It's called the Foreign Earned Income Exclusion. Okay. Okay. FBI. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Man, this is so much to learn. <laughs> but I do feel that – I have this feeling – because after traveling through, like you said, Mexico or uh, Panama and Costa Rica and Belize and places like that, that I see so many Americans and a lot of people in their 50s mm-hmm. um, because, you know, if you take early retirement, you sell your business or whatever, and your Medicare doesn't kick in till 65, uh, a medical emergency in America is something that can completely wipe you out financially, no matter how right. much you save. So right. a lot of the reasons people have left is for medical uh, reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge way of doing it. And I think my prediction is you're going to see more and more of people retiring out of the country. Um, do you see that trend happening? I do. Definitely. Uh, I mean, San Miguel, I, I can speak for, for this location. Uh, again, it's a place where retirees, it was mostly like a retiree place, a lot, a lot of uh, yeah. uh, older foreigners. Now it's, uh, a lot of more families are coming in, which is cool. Uh, but there's still a lot more uh, retirees coming down. It, they're just continuing to come because it's right. uh, such a great place and great weather and it's cheap and everything. So, What, what instruments do you teach? Uh, I used to teach piano uh, and I sing um, a little bit of guitar and flute, but um, yeah, not enough to say I play. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you, can you stand <laughs> your uh, children's musical choices? I can, you know, earlier I couldn't, but I've, I've come to, <laughs> come to be able to, <laughs> yeah. You're, and you're I actually, embracing the I hip hop, is that what you're music. doing? I, a little bit, uh, a little <laughs> bit. Um, but I, I, it's interesting because my daughter, my oldest daughter, she's the one who's really musical and she has such an eclectic taste. Like yesterday she was make or two days ago, she was making, uh, making chili. She wanted to cook chili. And she was listening to like this old 1930s music. <laughs> it was wow. awesome. I loved it. <laughs> and and then you know uh, other times she'll she'll listen to her hip hop and her pop and everything. But I love the music she writes though, especially um, it just all the the messages, the lyrics, the melodies. They're just they really touch me. That's great. Um, I, I can g- give a link as well if you, if, uh, if your yeah, audience wants to hear any of them. Send me all the links and uh, and we'll put them on the site next with okay. the uh, story. But also give a shout out. Uh, Give the websites one more time of the uh, both conventions, the Transylvania one, or is that one closed for people? No, it's still open. Yeah, it's still open. The, it, uh, 
uh, adventure one in Mexico as well. Yeah, so um, my daughter's YouTube channel is Emily in the Jungle, if you want to look that up. Oh, that's nice. Give the kid, give yeah. the kid a plug. I like that. <laughs> and uh, the retreats are at homeintheworldretreat.com. That is in uh, Transylvania this summer, June and July. And then the Family Adventure Summit, you can find at familyadventuresummit.com. Great. And then, of course, my own personal blog is pierceonearth.com, P-E-A-R-C-E, where we've written about our nine-plus years of uh, family travel and entrepreneurship and uh, education and all the different things we've learned. Oh, great. Well, all these links will be at uh, traveltalespodcast.com with the, uh, your podcast as well. But uh, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, it was, it was great to talk to you. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Mike. Thanks for thanks for having me on. And finally, I'd like to ask what uh, with all this travel and for all the different cultures and places you've been around the world, how has it changed you as a person and how has it changed you how you look at people and the world? Wow. You know, that's a, a really deep uh, question, a really deep <laughs> topic. Um, it's changed me in more ways than I could have ever imagined having started. And uh, I don't know how much detail or how much time you want me to go into that here, but I'll just say the abridged version, the abridged version. Um, I grew up in a very strict, rigid way of thinking. And I thought that my way was right. And the rest of the world was wrong. And that, uh, <laughs> you know, the only way to be happy was to, to think the way I did. Um, and then after traveling, and seeing so many different ways of thinking, of being, of living, uh, that fell away. <laughs> and, you know, there's still, of course, the, you know, the ego involved in, you know, I like how I do things. Uh, and if you guys want to try it, then try it kind of a thing. But um, I have just, I, f I have felt so much more relaxed in my views about other people, other people's ideas. I don't immediately jump to, um trying to judge people is wrong or whatever. It's just, I, I accept that there are different viewpoints and different perspectives and different um, ways to live and see the world. And that has been liberating for me as a person. And I think it's also changed the way that we parent our kids um, and the freedom that we allow them in how they choose to live. So it's, it's been transformational. That's great. Well, thanks, Brandon. And um, have, be safe out there. And hopefully, Thank I'll, you. Uh, I'll, next time I go to Bali, I'm looking up this uh, Ubud house. Sure, I'll, I'll send you a link. get some friends, though. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, yeah. I, I don't need four bedrooms, but uh, you know, who knows? Maybe I will someday. Awesome. But thank you cool. so thank much. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, no I appreciate problem. it. Brandon Pierce, everybody.